Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 1. This passage of Scripture is very precious to me. As I told you in the month of December, I told you I didn't grow up here in the United States. I grew up in the Bahamas for about 12 years of my life. It was at the age of five I got saved. And when we came back to the States, my world was turned upside down. Everything that I ever knew, the culture, the people. I didn't grow up with white people. I grew up with black people. And uh, it's a little different when you come back to the States. Hey, man. And, uh, and I was at a fork in the road in my life, and God was doing a great work, and I had a choice to make. I was either going to serve God with my life, or I was going to become rebellious. I'm glad, Pastor, I made the right choice. Amen. Amen. And it was because of this passage of Scripture right here. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, and verse 1, the words of Jeremiah the son of Hecali the priest that were in Anoth in the land of Benjamin, whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Amnon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. Came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet in the nations. And then said I, O oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And then said the Lord unto me, thou, sh- thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. Now, dear God, I pray, Lord, may you fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, I need a touch from heaven tonight. For Lord, without you, I am nothing. Hide me behind this old sacred desk. And God, I pray, Lord, tonight as the word of God is preached and heralded out, Lord, please, dear God, only do the work that you can do. And I pray, Father, through it all, for may you get the honor and the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. First off, I just want to thank the Lord. I got word this morning... One of the men in our church, he was preaching this morning. He, he and I, we talked several weeks before. He knew about this date was coming. He knew we were coming here to join Bible Baptist Church. And he said, Pastor, man, God's been putting upon my heart. I, I just want to preach and I just want to follow the leading of the Lord. And he said, Pastor, Lord's lead me to preach on judgment, upon death and upon what waits in eternity. And, and so he followed the leadership of the Lord this morning. I praise the Lord for it because we had one trust Christ today. Amen. And I'm just rejoicing, and, uh, and, I, and, and boy, we were just all excited. We know the young lady. She, she's uh, been in our church for some time now, and uh, Brother Mark was telling me, he said, Pastor, he said, after he said, the message was over with, he said, it's all said and done, everybody's leaving. He said, her mama started looking for her, found her in the bathroom, found her just in just pure distraught, and brought her out, and he said, she was just, I mean, just crying, and, uh, and she said, Brother Mark, will you please 
you please talk to my daughter? And so he began to open the Word of God. And, and long story short, she says, I'm lost. And uh, he said, well, we can get that right today, amen? And, uh, and uh, he, was, he was in my office leading her to Christ, and he said, would you like, Joanna, to, to, to pray and trust Christ as your Savior today? She said, Brother Mark, could we go down to the altar and do it? Amen. amen. Brother Mark said, she's just laying it all out right there, amen? And uh, boy, hey, she walked away free, amen? And I praise the Lord for that tonight. Listen, so many Christians, so many Christians, they go through life, we find ourselves wondering, why in the world would God call us to something greater than ourselves? And it shocks us. It shocks us. Many of us find ourselves saying, yes, I am a Christian. And then we follow that phrase with another word, but. Amen. Yes, I know that God wants to use me, but. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? And now listen, I, I'm preaching from all of you on this side, amen, I like this. This is the young crowd. I like this. I hope and pray I still fit in with this crowd long enough before I go over to this crowd, amen. But I will say this. This crowd looks a little bit more exciting than this crowd does. Amen. amen. Hey, I like it. This crowd, they get excited with Jesus, amen. Hey, okay, amen. Listen, hey, let's get with it, amen. Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you something? Listen, there's a higher call. There's a higher call. Listen, so many times as Christians and even as pastors, we've lowered the call. We've lowered that standard. Hey, we're, we're all excited. Hey, you get a good paying job. Oh, that's good enough. Amen. Hey, you're not getting your girlfriend pregnant. Well, that's good. Amen. What happened to the higher call? What happened to that higher standard? What happened to saying, hey, for me to live is Christ? There's a higher call. That's right. There's a world that's still lost and dying and perishing and going to hell. Listen, hey, just as much as I've lived in my bubble for the last 12 years, I think there's a lot that are right here tonight that have been living in their little bubble right here at Bible Baptist Church. Amen. Listen, we love coming to church, and let me just tell you something. I love worshiping. Amen. Your pastor knows I love to worship. I love singing. I love shouting. I love preaching. Amen. But if that's the extent of your Christianity... I'm sorry. There's a whole lot more to it than that. There's a world outside these four walls that's dying and perishing and going to a devil's hell. And listen, that doesn't mean, and I say this, let me tell you something. I say this with the utmost respect. Do not go down the, down the road and start another church. Bo Zoller's here tonight. He goes, oh my soul. I didn't know there was that many Baptist churches this close to each other. That's not, listen, that's not the mission field, friend. Listen, there's places in Montana. Hey, listen, they, they have yet to have a Baptist church planted in that town. Hey, listen, I could take you from town after town where, 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 where they have never seen a Baptist church. There's places in Idaho and Colorado and Arizona and New Mexico and, and, and Texas. And Hey, there's a whole lot more than just the Bible Belt. They need to hear that Jesus Christ still saves Christians. And I'm sorry, saves sinners. Amen. And they need to know that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. If a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? The individual that said that, his name is David Livingston. David Livingston was a man that loved Africa. And when he went to Africa, he blazed the trail for other missionaries to follow. He, he went to places where, where, where they'd never seen a white man before. 
And it was there that he went to a particular tribe and he led many of those men to Christ. These men were some of the greatest warriors there in Africa. And they went to their chief and they told the chief, we want to follow this man of God. We want to help him. And he gave them a great commission to go with David Livingston and protect the man of God. When it was all said and done, David Livingston died of internal bleeding. Robert Moffat was his, was his father-in-law, and Robert Moffat was also not only a missionary, but he was also a doctor. Those great warriors took David Livingston's body and placed him onto a ship. They took his body all the way back to England. It was there that Robert Moffat performed an autopsy, and he found there was something missing. He found David Livingston's heart was missing. It bothered him so that he went back on a ship, went all the way back to Africa, found that same tribe, found those same warriors, and they went to him. They asked him, they said, listen, hey, we, we, we discovered something uh, that, that kind of made us uncomfortable. We, we, we discovered that his heart was missing. And this is what those great warriors said with tears rolling down their cheeks. David Livingston may belong to England, but his heart belongs to Africa. Amen. You know what? There's a higher call. Yes. There's a higher call. Listen, Linda, I want to ask you, I want to preach on this thought tonight. When God calls, will you answer? When God calls, will you answer? And listen, I want you to understand something that Jeremiah, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, uh, but I want you to see that there was, number one, a thought of failure. For the Bible says in verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet in the nations. Notice what he says. O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. I can't speak, Lord. I, I, I cannot. Listen, friend, the biggest lie that Satan, a sinful world, and even yourself will feed you is this, that you can't do anything for God. That's, that's what, listen, hey, it's a lie. Don't believe it for a second. Don't believe it for a second. John 15, 5 says, for without me you can do nothing. The world doesn't want you to believe that without God you can do nothing for Him. No, they just want you to believe that you can do nothing for Christ at all. Look at me in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Keep your place now in Jeremiah chapter 1. But look at me in 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Bible states this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Bible says this in verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according... Notice this, underline this, the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which is given, uh, given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Can I tell you something? Listen, God has a purpose and a calling for our life. Don't you ever believe, don't you ever have a thought of failure. Listen, hey, oftentimes we look at ourselves and go, hey, I, I, I couldn't be called. Man, I, I could never start a church. I don't know anything about that. Well, let me go ahead and just share something with you. 11, 12, 11, almost 12 years ago, there was a 25-year-old and a 23-year-old that went all the way to Montana. Pastor Saunders, have you ever pastored a church before? Nope. You say, well, what did you do? <laughs> we was praying, hey, man, praying and begging God, oh, Lord, do something. And I'll never forget that day. We had 28 people come. 28 people come. Man, we were just excited. It was in a 500-square-foot building, one bathroom, amen. It wasn't well insulated. We always knew what was going on in there, amen. It's bad. 
But man, listen, hey, God moved. And we saw people saved. Hey, listen, if anything, I got to see my own three kids saved in those 12 precious years. Hey, man. And that's the greatest mission field, amen, is our children. Hey, man. Boy, listen, hey, don't ever have that thought of failure. In 1948, Richard Wombrand, a Romanian pastor of the Jewish descent, was tortured for the cause of Christ. He answered the call. In fact, even in his book, Tortured for Christ, boy, that's a title, amen. It say, he said this, it was strictly forbidden for us to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching, so we accepted their communist terms. It was a deal. We preached, and they beat us. We were happy preaching, and they were happy beating us. Everyone was happy. Thought of failure. I cannot speak for I'm a child. Let me tell you your excuse. I can't teach a Sunday school class preacher. I've never done it before. Well, hey, why don't you just step out of the boat? Hey, man, I promise you the water feels just fine. I can't go to the mission field. Lord, I haven't even led someone to Christ yet. Well, hey, listen, there's a lot of people here that can teach you how to do that. Amen. We will get you started and sign you up. I can't surrender to the call of God. I'm just a kid. Jira said, I can't surrender to the call. I'm just a kid. 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example unto the believers. In word, in conversation, in, 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 in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Listen, will you answer the call? Oh, listen, answer the call. There's a thought of failure, number two. There's a tendency to fear. Notice what he says, verse 6. Back in Jeremiah now. Jeremiah chapter 1. He said, I cannot speak for I'm a child. There's some fear there. There's some fear there. Over 500 times the word fear is used throughout the Bible. Fear is, the back, is in the background when faith is being tested. And we as Christians are notorious for having a tendency to fear when God shows up in our lives. God desires to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the impossible even when we fail prey to, to fear. It's a fearful thing. Hebrews 10, 31, it's been my, my verse preacher since this whole journey started. You've got to understand something. Our church is thriving. I'm excited about the direction our church is going in. Please pray with us already. We already have about four candidates. They're already narrowing it down to one. He's supposed to be at our church in three weeks. We're taking him on a men's retreat. We're going to see what he's made of. Amen. Brother Bo says we should throw him in the lake. <laughs> but I'm telling you, listen, it, hey, it's getting on. We just had our sportsman's banquet. How many hunters we got here tonight? Anybody? We got any some hunters? Praise the Lord. We had our, our first annual sportsman's banquet. Never done one before. We were praying for 100 people. Praise God. We rented out the biggest building we could find in the county. We had 350 people come, and we had 40 of them trust Christ. Amen. Listen, hey, I'm telling you, great things are just ahead. But there's always a tendency to fear. Well, well, well what if? Listen, don't live in the what if world. Hey, God's still on the throne. Amen. And He does the unthinkable. He does the unimaginable. He can do the impossible. Amen. 
Hey, listen, I'm glad I serve a living God. One missionary said this, I, I believe that in each generation God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. Listen to this now. It is man who will not respond. Let me say this again. I believe in each generation God's called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is man who will not respond. Look at me in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Years ago, I'll never forget, I sat under a missionary. He began to tell me of Peru. I trained with this man for some time. He was telling me that the Inca Indians, even as wicked and vile as they were, they sacrificed humans. But for some odd reason, one of their shaman, one of their, their, I guess you could say witch doctors, if you would, had a vision and it troubled him and it troubled everyone else that a man, that, God, that, that their quote-unquote God or whoever the great God was, would send a man with a special book to free the people of all the wickedness that they've ever done. Now, I will tell you, just as much as I believe that God's calling men, I'll tell you something else, I also believe that Satan's also calling men. That's a scary thought. That missionary told me, Pastor, he said, I, I still believe, he said that God had called a young man to go and that young man fell prey to fear and he didn't go. And because God's man didn't go, Satan was more than willing to send his. If you're history buff, if you know the name Francisco Bizarro, he's the man that conquered Peru and most of South America in the name of the Catholic Church. And he didn't bring the book. He brought soldiers. And the entire South American continent, that entire area, it's just all Catholic. Listen, God's calling. The question is, will you respond? You may even be here tonight and you say, man, man, God's... God, God's doing something in my heart. Man, I, I, maybe, just maybe, hey, maybe you're a Bose Zyler. Maybe God's speaking to your heart. Hey, can I tell you something? That's the modern day Jonah. He will tell you the five years he ran from God, it wasn't worth it. He stood, in, he stood in, in, in a Sunday school classroom just weeping profusely. And he asked me, he said, he said Pastor, how old did you know, how, how old were you when you surrendered to preach? And I said, I was 16. Bo, what are you trying to tell me? And he just began to weep profusely. He said, God's calling me to preach. And I was honest with him. I said, by the way, you've been living your life? Are you serious? And then he wept yet the more. You know why? It was out of embarrassment. He said, Pastor, I did things in hopes that I'd make God mad enough at me not to call me. But I can't run anymore. You're here tonight. You know what you're doing? You're still running. Stop running. Hey, listen, you want to spend the night in the, in the belly of a whale? I promise you, it's a stinky place. It ain't worth it. It's just not worth it. Oh, listen, hey, hey, listen, hey, surrender to the call. Hey, God's calling. Will you respond? And listen, hey, when that response comes, my friend, listen, hey, hey, I think of one preacher, he said, go, send, or disobey. Go, send, or disobey. Hey, listen, it's a choice. 
Listen, it's a choice. I, I'd rather be more fearful of risking my life for the cause of Christ than to survive a normal life in fear of what of the what ifs and stand in front of the in, in front of the judgment seat of, of Christ and say, "But Lord, I couldn't because what if? Amen. What if?" Yes. You say, "But sorry, you're not sacrificing anything." Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a couple of men tell me you're a fool for leaving. I mean, you got it all made, Pastor Saunders. You got, you got a church. Man, hey, your, your church is, is thriving. You're seeing people saved. I mean, hey, why in the world would you walk away from that? Because I can tell you God's calling is more important to me than that church right now. Pastor Saunders, you, you, you got a brand new house. Your pastor's been in it. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I got a shower that's got two heads. Yes. Bo's dad's the one that built our house. I told, I told Alan, his dad, I said, I take three showers in that each day because I know good and well that's coming to an end. Amen? <laughs> it, it's already on the market. You say, boy, Saunders, why? Because God, God's call means more to me than anything else. I, listen, hey, hey, listen, the, the consequences for not obeying God, they are huge. Yes. They're huge. Listen, hey, all the times throughout the Word of God, how God had to get individuals' attention, it always came with a high price. I don't want to pay that price. I'd rather be willing to be obedient and go as God's called me to do. Listen, God's calling, will you respond? Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Individuals said this, If you don't have a definite call to stay, you are called to go. Boy, it's getting quiet in here now. If you don't have a definite call to stay, you have a definite call to go. Listen, hey, I'm tired of seeing the two rows of of preacher boys. I'm sorry, if you're called to preach, there is not an office of a preacher. There's the office of a pastor and the office of a deacon. And I can go ahead and tell you right now, the office of a deacon, that's a busboy, that's a servant, that is one who's going to take care of the widows, and take care of their pastor in any way, shape, or form. Those men that are called to the mission field, they are glorified pastors. They're going to go there, they're going to plant that church, and they're going to pastor those people until God has another man for them to turn that church over to, or they will stay there and continue to train young men to go out. Go out. Go out. Hey, man, you got to go. God's called you to preach. Hey, you should be preaching somewhere to somebody. Amen. 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 That's good preaching. Yeah. Not here. Amen. Your pastor already told me. He says, I'm ready to give him the shoe. Amen. (laughs) Time to go. Sign him up, Brother Nathan. Yeah. Time to go. But, But it ain't Bible Baptist Church. I know. They don't know about Bible Baptist Church. They don't know about the hymns you sing. They don't know about the King James Bible you preach from. Amen. That's right. They should be hearing you preaching. They deserve to hear the gospel at least once. You hear it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I don't even count how many other things are going on at Bible Baptist Church. Go. Please go. Amen. Do you know how sad it was for me to tell our pulpit committee? We have four candidates. One of them said, Brother Saunders... Well, don't you think we should have a larger list? 
You know how embarrassing it was for me as a pastor to say, well, I've called all the pastors I know. I've called all the evangelists I know. You know what they all told me? Well, Brother Saunders, we don't have anybody that comes to mind. That is scary. Yes, sir, brother. I remember when I surrendered to preach, I could go to just about any church and find at least five guys, if not more. Brother Saunders, I've surrendered to preach. Man, I, I, I want to preach the Word of God. Yes, now, where are they at now? Yes, sir. See, God's calling. The problem is you're sitting here tonight and you're going, oh, no, 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 no. Not me. It can't be me. It is you. Listen I, know there, listen, I know there's a tendency to fear, and I know there's thoughts of failure. But put all that aside and realize that, the, listen, the God we serve, if He's God enough to, to speak the world to existence, and He's God enough to come to this old nasty world and give His life for you and I, can't we not give our lives for Him? Amen. Listen, we see that there's a, a tendency to fear. Listen, friend, will you answer the call to, to stay here and disobey God? You can't afford to take the consequences. C.T. Studd, great Bible scholar, this is what he said. Some wish to live within the sound of a church and a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. You know, in the book of Jude, it talks about some having compassion, making a difference, and others saving with fear, pulling them out of the fire. You know what that means, young man? That means, listen, it means that somebody, and Paul, the apostle Paul, he said he'd be willing to go to hell if he could, but he knows he couldn't. He said, hey, hey, listen, he said, I'd give my own soul if I could, but it's not good enough. But what God's looking for is some young men, some young ladies that say, hey, I'd rather, I'd rather go outside the gates of hell and stop them from going in. Stop them from going in. Yes, you can feel the heat. And yes, you may get scars along the way pulling them out of the fire. How many pyromaniacs do we have here today? Anybody? You like fire? Amen? I know one sitting right there on the second row. Amen? Listen, hey, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Can I tell you something? Hey, I'd rather be like C.T. Studd. I'd rather stand outside the gates of hell and stop them from going in. Stop them from dying. Stop them from plunging into the flames of hell and tell them, hey, Jesus Christ still loves you. Why not trust Christ today? I'd rather spend the rest of my life, hey, listen, leading people to Christ. And if I'm not leading them to Christ, I want to be training the next generation, amen, that will go and they'll face the fires, amen, and they'll stand outside the gates of hell and they'll plead with them and tell them, hey, Jesus Christ still saves sinners. Oh, listen, hey. Some wish to live within the sound of a church and chapel bell. Boy, you used to hear those old bells ringing. But C.T. Studd said, I'd, I'd want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. There's a thought of failure, a tendency to fear. Number three, a timid fortitude. Look me back in, in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Bible says here, this in verse 7. Bible says this in verse 7. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go into all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. One pastor said this, if the Great Commission is true, then our plans are not too big, they're too small. Well, I got to see seven and a half acres, praise God. Right there on the main highway. Well, how many of y'all excited to start breaking ground, amen? Oh, yeah. 
Boy, it's going to be good. Amen. Boy, make that place a lighthouse. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. There's people perishing all over the world. Hey, get a greater vision. Hey, can you see yourself? Let me ask you a question. Can you see yourself standing before thousands and preaching and proclaiming that He is Lord? So, Brother Sarnes never given that any thought. Hey, listen, hey, you ought to give it thought. Hey, you ought to give it thought. Hey, opening the Word of God and sharing with somebody the gospel. Now, I love to hunt. I, I, I'm a journaling junkie in some ways. I did martial arts. I loved it. I loved getting into the ring with somebody and just seeing what they're made of. Some of y'all are like, uh-uh, not me. And I've experienced adrenaline rushes. My wife, she's a roller coaster fanatic. How many of y'all like to ride roller coasters? How many of you said that's the most ungodly thing there is? Amen. <laughs> Bo's got his hand raised. Amen. Yeah. My wife and I, we fell in love. She says, will you please go with me to Six Flags? She bats those eyes. Amen. I was lovesick. Oh, we went over there, and this is what she tells me. I don't care if we ride. Listen, take word of this. Amen. I don't care if we don't do anything as long as we get to spend time together. That's a trap, buddy. <laughs> we went to acrophobia. We got, on, we got on that thing. How many of y'all ever been on that ride? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's a cylinder. It's like 300 feet high. You strap yourself in. I was in love, Brother Ricky. I, I strapped myself in. I'm hanging on. And then it, it dawns on me. You a fool. <laughs> we go all the way to the top. She goes, are you Okay. I was praying, amen, praying, trying to get a hold of God. I'm hoping the rapture takes place so I don't have to go back down. She hands me a coin and says, hey, hang on to this and just and, and let go of it as we, go, as we fall. Well, about that time, my chair goes, kadoosh. <laughs> and then we plummet, and you hear, ah, ah. All them other seconds of pure silence, you, you can't do anything. It's just, it was a drilling rush. But can I tell you something? Listen. As much as I've enjoyed riding those roller coasters with my wife, and I've hunted with Bo, and man, listen, we, we, I, I've killed all kinds of big stuff and everything, and I, I, I love all that, and I, I've been in the ring with, with different men just to see what they're made of, and I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. But can I tell you something? Listen, there is no greater drilling rush than taking the Word of God and seeing a soul birthed into the family of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Two Sundays ago, we had a young man. I was preaching on hell. I almost come close to preaching on tonight. The Lord moved my heart this direction instead. But can I tell you something? I, what I was preaching on, there's a verse in the Bible that says, hell is moving. And I preached on this thought, hell's moving towards them. Now what are you going to do about it? Hell's moving towards them. What are you going to do about it? A young 31-year-old young man got up out of his seat during the invitation time. Brother Mark Vickers took him into my office and led him to Christ. Amen. Brother Mark, come out. Brother Mark, let me just tell you something. Brother Mark, he's a drilling junkie. He's traveled all over the world. He's traveled to Africa. He just got back from New Zealand, shot this big old stag. I got pictures of it if you want to see it. But you know what Brother Mark will tell you? Looking through the scope, the crosshairs, and pulling that trigger, that's something great. But he'd tell you what was even greater today and last Sunday was opening the Word of God. And sharing Christ with a lost person. And seeing them gloriously saved. Listen, God's calling. Will you respond? Amen. 
Will you respond? Listen, there's a tendency to fear. Listen, there's thoughts of failure. And there's even a timid fortitude. But can I tell you something? What we stand in in need of today, what we need, number four, we need some tough faith. That's what we need. We need some tough faith. Look with me. Look with me here in in verse 9. The the Lord put forth His hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day. Set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. I say that God said that with some authority. Amen? Amen. He said that with great authority. You don't have to go in your strength. You don't have to go in your power. You can go in the power of God. Listen, hey, going to the mission field, you don't ever go alone. The first day I ever preached, I was petrified. I sat there on the front row shaking, Brother Gravely, looking at my notes. There's a big man, I mean a real big man, sat there on the road with me, put his arm around me. He said, Brother Nathan, he said, when you go stand behind that pulpit, you'll never stand there alone. God will go with you every step of the way. Besides that, any man stands up and says something, I'll belt him right in the mouth. <laughs> Amen. Buddy, I walked to that pulpit. Man, I was all excited. Amen. And I preached, and it lasted six minutes. Amen. Look at me in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Listen, I, I, I love reading after, after Saul, amen, and Paul. His name became Paul. But the Bible says in, in, in Acts chapter 11, look at me in verse 20. And as you're turning there, you've got to understand something about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he, he was a man of great education. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was also the chiefest of sinners. That's how he, he, he declared himself, amen. And the reason why he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners is for this reason. Saul, before he got saved, he was a glorified terrorist. He would literally break down the doors of men and women and haul these Christians off to jail, off to martyrdom. He'd watch them persecuted and watch them killed. He was a wicked, wicked man. And then on the road to Damascus, he met the Lord. Amen. And God changed him. And God used him. Listen, hey, if God can use a mess like that, God can use any of us. Amen. The Bible says this in verse 20. And of some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then, the, the, then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God, was called, and exhorted them all with that, uh, that with, the, with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and of much people was added unto them. Now you've got to understand something. This individual, his name is Barnabas. Barnabas was known as the son of consolation. Barnabas was a man that just loved people. Can I tell you something? That's what we need in this day and time. It's some more Barnabases that will go out, amen, and look for the Saul's. Look what the Bible says. Verse 25. Verse 24 says that he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and of much people was added to the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, for to seek who? Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass, the whole year they assembled themselves uh, with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now look at me in, in chapter 15. Just a couple chapters have passed. This same individual, now his name is Paul. Paul is preaching. Now we have 
quite a few books of the New Testament under the inspiration of God written by the hand of Paul. The Bible says this in verse 26. Look with, look with me now. Pastor Saunders, I don't want to read this verse. This verse, I don't know if I like this verse. It goes against my health, my religion, amen. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read it again. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's read it together so we're all hearing one another say it. Ready? Go. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you a question. How many of us would be counted with them? How many of us would be counted with them? How many of you have ever been persecuted? Now, I'm not talking about a, a, a tongue thrashing. I'm talking about you've been beaten for the cause of Christ. Ready? Raise your hands. Okay. Have you ever been drugged out of your homes? Well, I know that ain't going to happen around here, amen. You get a gun in your face. You break a, you break a door down. So if, let me get this straight now. If I get this right... All of us have never hazarded our lives for the, for the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because here in this country, we have the freedom to worship God freely. If we have such a freedom and such a right, then how many of us are truly fulfilling that freedom? There are people all over this country. You understand do you understand? Let me, let, I, I want to share this with you now. This will explain to you how much of a bubble we have lived in all these years. 100 churches close every week in this country. Did you hear that? I'm not even talking about Baptist churches. I'm talking about churches in general. 100 churches close every week in this country. The United States used to be the top five countries in the world that produced missionaries and pastors we are not even in the top ten anymore. Now, now, there are missionaries that are coming from other countries to our country to plant independent, fundamental, Baptist churches. I think we have lost our focus. I think we have lost the mark. I think we're not responding to the call. God's calling tonight. Will you respond can I tell you something? Hey, listen, your pastor would be so excited if you would respond to the call. There was a man by the name of William Booth. He was the founder of the Salvation Army. This great man was passionate when it came to souls, when it came to the mission field. This is what he said. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call. I think you should say, put your ear down to the Bible. And hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burden, agonized heart of humanity, and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and their sisters and their servants and their masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face whose mercy you have professed to obey 
and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. God's calling. Will you respond? God's calling. Will you respond? You say, Brother Saunders, I I feel that God's calling me to preach, but I don't know where God would have me to go. Why don't you just take the first step of faith and say, I'm willing to go. And God, listen, hey, can I tell you something? God will step closer and closer with you every step of the way. Who was it that stepped out of the boat? It was Peter. I'm not saying all will go. Very evident by the scriptures, the rest of the guys stayed in the boat. But there was one. Lord, if that's you, bid, bid me to come to you. What did Christ say? Come. You know what? He's still saying, come. 